I titled this message this morning, The Isaiah Experience. Pastor Nick Campbell, uh, who is our executive pastor now in Metairie, working under uh, Pastor Chris. Uh, Pastor Nick got saved right here in this building at an encounter, and now he's our executive pastor. One of the, one of the characteristics of an apostle is that uh, God gives him men. And I want to tell you, every church I've ever pastored, God gave us men. He just sent men to help. And I know they were God sent all the time. And uh, Pastor Nick Campbell is, is one of those men. A couple weeks ago, he preached a message on purity. I think his parents were there. We, I wasn't there. I was in Michigan preaching a four-day conference with my grandson. But he used one of the verses of scriptures that sparked this message to me. It's in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. It says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now, when a church seeks purity, they're going to find God. And when a church seeks holiness, not only are they going to find God, but they're going to find his will and purpose for their life. Our churches need to seek holiness because we're the only source of hope to the world. If we don't look different than the world, we're never going to reach the world. Somehow our lives must be so different from them that they got to take notice and even inquire, what's up with you? Somebody is going to have to be different. Our country has never been in more a serious hour as the one we're now living in. Our city, New Orleans, is running a good race for being the, 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 the lead capital of murder in our country. We are in troubled times now, a deep moral slide. Our country is on a countdown for judgment. But I want to remind you what the Word of God says in 1 Peter 4.17. Peter said, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? If we don't make it, they don't have a shot. Somehow or the other, we have to make it. So if judgment is going to come to the house of God first, that's us, then revival must also come to us first. In the book of Isaiah the prophet, like all the accounts of the prophets, the prophets were sent to God's people to turn them back to himself. The prophets were never sent to the world. They were never sent to the Gentiles. They were never sent to the heathen. The prophets were always sent to the people of God, the Jewish people who were supposed to know God, they were supposed to serve God, and they were supposed to worship God. And they wasn't doing that. That's why God had to send the prophets. So we're going to cover some of the prophet Isaiah's ministry out of the book of Isaiah. 
In chapter 1, it starts like this. In verse 1, it says, The vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jothan, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Isaiah had a vision of the people of Judah and the city of Jerusalem, and the vision revealed the spiritual condition of them and the coming of God's judgment upon them. This is the vision that he got. Now in chapter 5, Isaiah begins to prophesy the woes and the judgments upon them that God said was going to come upon them. Remember, Isaiah is speaking for God, and he's bringing the word to them what God is going to do to them if they don't straighten up. There were many woes that he prophesied in chapter 5, and you can read them. I want to read just one. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now, we all know that that is exactly what the world and politicians are doing today. It's exactly what they're doing today, and it fits them. But to use this woe against them is taking it out of context because it's not speaking to them. It's speaking to us. See, this is directed to the people of God. Now, it fits them. It fits them. They're calling right wrong and wrong right and all of that. That's what the world is doing. But that's not what this is directed to. This was directed to God's people that they were doing. They were getting everything mixed up. In chapter 5, Isaiah starts pronouncing judgments and woes on Judah and Jerusalem. That's a serious thing. Even though God was, was promoting him to do it, he was promoting all the woes and judgments, everything that's going to come on you if you don't straighten up. Now, it's the same thing when we preach the gospel. It's a serious thing. I want to tell you, every time I step behind this pulpit, I know it's a serious thing because I am proclaiming the word of God. That's what I have to do. But if we're going to preach to others, then we better make sure that we check ourselves first. The Apostle Paul realized that in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He told the church in verse 27. He said, no, I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. The King James Version says, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I like the amplified version. It says, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. Now, Jesus even goes further than that. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, he says, 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. See, this should put fear in every minister of the gospel. I know it puts fear in me now for 42 years. I, I think about this every day of my life. Every time I try to minister, I think about it, that if I'm going to preach the word, then I must check myself first. If I'm going to preach a message, i got to check, do I fit this thing? Am I right to even preach to someone else? Now, in chapter 5, Isaiah is speaking all the woes and judgments on, on, on Judah in Jerusalem. But in chapter 6, we're progressing now. We're in chapter 6. The prophet Isaiah gets a wake-up call himself. And this is what it says. Chapter 6, verse 1, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and a train of his robe filled the temple. Above him was seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts, the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from, with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord say, Who shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Here Isaiah gets a vision from the Lord that actually transforms his life. Here is a minister now. He's a prophet. He's seeing visions, and he's bringing visions to the people of God. What happened here to Isaiah needs to happen in our ministry from the pastors, from me, to the pastors, to everybody that's sitting on a seat in our churches needs to happen to them. If judgment is going to start in the family of God first, then revival must come to us first. It's not going to come to them unless it comes to us first. So how did this vision really affect Isaiah? Well, it looks like he found a new awareness of the character of the God that he was serving. This is important. 
that we understand the character of the God that we profess to be serving and following. This is what it says. Let's read the first four verses again. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and a train of his robe filled the temple. Above him was seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Isaiah wrote that the year that King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord. Who in the world was he seeing before that? He was seeing visions, and he was seeing things that God wanted him to do, but he never saw the king. See, he never saw the king. He, he knew what he had to do. He was getting supernatural visions, and he was bringing them to Jerusalem and Judah because the Lord showed him he knew it was from God. But Isaiah's life was consumed with the king, King Uzziah. King Uzziah was a powerful king. He was a great king. But he died a disgraceful death. He had leprosy that the Lord struck him with. He tried to burn incense in the temple that only the priest could do. The priest tried to stop him, but he pushed his way. He took his authority as king, and he went into the temple of God to burn incense, which only the priests were allowed to do. In 2 Chronicles 26, it says this. Uzziah, who had a censer in his hand, ready to burn incense, became angry. While he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. When Ariziah, the chief priest, and all the other priests looked at him, they saw that he had leprosy on his forehead, so they hurried him out. Indeed, he himself was eager to leave because the Lord had afflicted him. King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in a separate house, leprous and banned from the temple of the Lord. The earthly king had to die before Isaiah got a vision of the, the real king, the king of kings and lord of lords. Isaiah was getting visions and prophesying, but he never knew the Lord he was serving to this degree. I want to tell you something. We don't know God the way we need to know him. You, you, you can't say, well, I know him. No, we haven't known him yet. We're going to know him. One day, the Lord said, we're going to be like him. That's the only time we're going to see him as he really is. But I'm telling you this, we can get more of an understanding and more of a vision of who God is as we progress in our faith. So it's possible that we can become consumed with the work of the Lord. I've been there many times, 42 years in the ministry. I have, believe me, we've we built church buildings. We've been, I've faced all kinds of things 
that, that almost consumed me as a minister, and I got away from the Lord that I'm serving. You understand? And this is where Isaiah was. He was so consumed in serving the earthly king that he really didn't have a good vision of the real king that he was serving. So we really need to know the full character of the God that we're serving so that we can have a close relationship with the one that we're supposed to represent as believers. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. He was high and exalted, seated on a throne. He never seen him like that. He was looking at the Lord on his throne and a train of his robe filled the temple. So what did he see? Well, he saw the Lord as the omnipotent God, the all-powerful God, a God who nothing is impossible for him. He saw him as the omniscient God, the all-knowing God, the Alpha and Omega. I want to tell you something. You got to understand when we become born again believers, that's the beginning of our life, and God knows what the end's going to be. And you got to understand, He knows every aspect of your life, everything you're going through today, everything you went through yesterday, and everything you're going to go through tomorrow. And it's, it's up to us to trust Him for every step of the way. He saw Him as the omnipresent God. He saw him as the ever-present. He exists everywhere, especially right now. He exists in our presence. Isaiah saw the same living creatures around the throne that the apostle John saw in the book of Revelation. Same exact ones. The same exact ones as the prophet Ezekiel saw in his vision. You read them. The description of them is the same. They all saw heaven. They all saw him who was sitting on the throne. But then after Isaiah saw that, he heard them crying out, these, these seraphims crying out. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. They said, note, they said, holy, holy. Three times. I wonder why. That's it. He saw the Trinity. The Holy Father, the Holy Son, and the Holy Spirit. They said that, recognizing the Trinity. Something happens when you are in the presence of holiness. This is where Isaiah found himself. He found himself in the presence of of a holy God. Isaiah had a new awakening of his conscience. When Isaiah saw the Lord in his holiness, this is what he said in verse 5, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. What a contrast here. In chapter 5, he was crying woes to the people of Judah, and he was crying woes to the people living in the city of Jerusalem, but now it's woe to me. 
Now it's, I'm ruined. He saw himself in the presence of God and measured himself by God's standard instead of the people's standard, which we really need to be measured by. We need to be measured by God's standard, not our standard. That's why we need to create an atmosphere, and I'm going to do my best in all three of the churches, to create an atmosphere in our services that welcomes the Holy Spirit's presence in our midst. Why? If we don't, we will never be able to realize what our condition is. When we walk into our churches, we must sense the presence of God. If we don't, we're going to walk out the same way we walked in. And it really didn't matter if you came or not. But when we come into the presence of God, my friends, I want to tell you something. You will say to yourself, woe is me. I'm ruined. And you will react to what the message says, that our conscience will not become so dull and insensitive to the things of God. Apostle Paul tells us this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. It says, the Spirit clearly says, in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Paul said some are going to abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. How can that happen? Well, I'm going to tell you. When you stay out of the presence of God, when you no longer enter into the presence of God, you will become insensitive to the presence of God, and you will stray. If you stay away from the preaching of God, if you stay away from the teaching of God's word long enough, you get away from it long enough, you're going to find that your conscience is going to become insensitive to the things of God. You will revert back to your natural mind, and a natural mind can't determine any truth, none whatsoever. You get led away, by your natural sinful nature, the lust of the flesh, and it goes on and on and on. We are living in a time where we are being bombarded by filth and wickedness. We are living in a corrupt society, and it can have an effect on us. Look what, look what Isaiah said when he found himself in the presence of God. He said, woe to me, I cried, I'm ruined. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live. I live among people with unclean lips. In other words, he's saying, I'm affected by the people I'm living with. And we live, we got to live with them. We're here with them. We're all around them. We work with them. We go places with them. We do business with them. We're dealing with 
people with unclean lips. And if we don't watch it, if we become spiritually dull, we can't see the world like it really is. Our churches must become conscious of the holiness of God. We can't become insensitive to the presence of God. Let me tell you something. When we come into our services, if we can't sense God's presence here, we got to do something. Something's got to change. We can't be content with comparing ourselves to the world. We will never realize what our condition is that way. If we go out there every day and say, I'm not as bad as them. Thank God I'm a Christian. I'm not as bad as they are. Well, who are we comparing ourselves to? The prophet Isaiah probably felt pretty good about himself up into chapter 6. He's out there prophesying. He's out there showing people the visions he's getting from God. He probably thought, I'm okay. I'm, I'm working for God. I'm prophesying. He was bringing the woes and the judgments upon the people of God in Judah and Jerusalem until he found himself in the presence of God himself. What a revelation he had. What an experience that he had. Isaiah said, woe to me, I cried, I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips. He began to confess his condition. Because in the presence of God, you become exposed. Why do you think people come in for the first time in some of our churches and they leave in the middle of it? I'll tell you why. Because they become exposed. And if the Holy Spirit's presence not there, they'll come in and walk out the same way. I don't mind them running out if God exposes them and they run. I've seen them do that many, many times. I've seen them do it in Metairie just recently. They come in, and once the presence of God falls into place and they realize what their condition is, either they come into the altar to get saved or they're running out. One way or the other. That's what the Apostle Paul did every city he went into. Either there was revival or riot, one or the other. One or the other. Something's got to happen. But when we confess our sins, there's always a cleansing coming right away. Right away. The Lord is never late when a sinner truly repents. It comes instantaneously. I remember it 50 years ago. I was on my knees. Soon as I repented, boom, I was done. My sins were gone. I was white as snow. Instantly. I didn't have to beg for it. All I had to do was repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why 1 John 1, 9 says that we confess our sins. He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness, and that happens instantaneously. We don't have to wait, say, well, I confess Christ, maybe he'll forgive. No, there's no maybe about it. Right then and there, instantaneously, you're changed. The Lord doesn't make the repentant sinner wait for forgiveness. It comes immediately. Well, let's look at Isaiah's experience here. Isaiah said in in verse 6, 
He said, then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. When he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Because of Isaiah's recognition of his condition and his fear of his own judgment coming, Remember, he's preaching, he's out there preaching woes and judgments. All of a sudden, Isaiah said, if, if I don't get right, then those things I was telling these people is going to happen to me. His fear, though, was comforted by what the angel said. The angel said, see, this has touched your lips. What touched his lips? There was a coal from a fiery altar that was taken and touched his lips with, and he says, your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Everyone who hears the gospel preached under the anointed presence of God, and they humble themselves and repent, they soon will be encouraged, and they soon will be exalted. Their sins removed and cleansed by fire. Isaiah had to experience this on his own to understand what God was going to do to those Jews, the ones in Jerusalem, those in Judea, when they turned. See, he understood what God saying he was going to do before they repented. Isaiah prophesied this to them before he experienced his own cleansing. Remember, we're in chapter 6. I'm going to go back to chapter 4. Isaiah chapter 4. This is what Isaiah was preaching to them, what the Lord gave him before he experienced chapter 6. This is what he said in, in, in chapter 4, verse 2. He says, In that day the branch of the Lord... Notice branch is capitalized. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't know that, but that's, that's what, it, what it is. And that day the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of the survivors of Israel. Those who are left in Zion, who remain in Jerusalem, will be called holy. All who are recorded among the living in Jerusalem, the Lord will wash away the filth of the women of Zion. He will cleanse the bloodstains from Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. Say fire. That's what he's going to do. Isaiah experienced what he prophesied to Jerusalem, what God was going to do. What God would cleanse them by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. That spirit of fire was holy fire. From the altar of God that Isaiah experienced. That's the same tongues of fire that rested on the church in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost when he purified his church to go out and preach the gospel. That same fire, there's only one fire, and it comes from the same altar. 
whatever it is, that came from the same altar of God. That angel took them tongs off the altar of God, took that, that coal, came to Isaiah, touched his lips with it, and told him, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. We need holy fire. We need holy fire to touch us. And as soon as we recognize we have need of it, we're going to get it. There's not going to be any waiting. There's not going to be any begging for it. John the Baptist told the crowd that came to him in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. They wanted to know if he was the Christ. They said, no, I'm not. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Same fire. The fire keeps coming. Isaiah recorded that the Lord would wash away their filth by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of fire. There's only one spirit of God. And when he comes, he's going to convict us of sin. And if we don't repent, he's going to show us what judgment is going to be about. But he said he'll come with the spirit of fire. He will convict us of our sins. And then he will purify us with the fire of God. When the fiery coal touched Isaiah's mouth, his sins was cleansed. And this is what happened. He says, I heard the voice of the Lord. You see, verse 8, also, he's telling what happened to him. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. Isaiah may have thought of himself fit for service, but now it's a different story. He might have thought himself ready to do what God really wanted him to do, but now he realizes I can do it now because he heard the voice of the Lord. Now it's a different story. He has seen the king of glory. Now he's hearing his voice. Who shall I send? Who will go for us? Isaiah answered, here I am, send me. Up until now, Isaiah had only had visions of his ministry towards Israel. But now he has seen him and heard the voice. It's a big difference. John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. It wasn't until the fire touched Isaiah that he heard the voice of God. We need to hear from God today. But the only way we're going to hear from God is that we've got, we got to be touched with fire. We've got to be touched with fire. We need to hear from God today. I want you to stand with me.